Welcome to From Shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram, featuring the BBG and the Bald Beauty. From Shrooms to Skyrim. From shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram. From 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 shrooms from from shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram. It's from shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram. Go ahead, bald beauty. Take it from here. Did you just tell me to go ahead, bald beauty? <laughs> yes, I did. Well, how do you like that? Was that good? That's like my that's like my movie phone voice guy. Movie phone voice. Thank you for calling movie phone. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see? <laughs> you gotta, do you even know who movie phone is? You don't, do you? So back so back in the day, you used to actually have to call a number, and then there was like a movie phone guy. Okay, boomer. Thank you for calling Movie Phone. <laughs> no? Can't believe you just hit me with back in the day. Back in the day, son. <laughs> I got some back in the day stuff for you. I got some interesting facts for you later on. I got all sorts of shit going on today. How are you today, brother? I'm bald and beautiful. That's it. That's, That's it. A, you got the Wu-Tang on, son. My title implies. Wu-Tang! Wu-Tang. 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 I would sing some of their lyrics, but I'd probably get in trouble. So I'm just going to leave those alone. <laughs> now, I was listening to that motherfucking Jizza Liquid Songs the other day. Uh, that's a good album. Yeah. That's a good album. Uh, I, I, you know, 36 Chambers is still, I think, like oh, top yeah. five best hip hop albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned. But again, you know, out of all of <laughs> them, I, I listen to Ghostface the most. That, that Liquid Swords album is great. Mm. No, not not that's just I listen to Ghostface. Oh, like, oh, oh uh, yeah, you're Supreme right. Supreme right, Clientel, right. Bulletproof Wallets. Yeah. Motherfucking Iron Man, Tony Stark. Okay. All right. So how was your week, man? What have you been up to? It's uh first of all, this is episode nineteen. Nineteen. That's right, bro. Yes. We're almost at episode twenty, son. It was eighteen last week, that's right. Yeah, we're 19. almost at nineteen, bro. 19. Now, you remember 2019? Uh, I do. It was before all this crazy. Like, 2019, I'm going to tell you right now, no like joke. A, like 2019 was like a, a whirlwind year for me. Like, crazy shit happened in my life that, like, had it not happened, I would not have survived the pandemic. So, that was a pivotal year for you. Dude. So, like, I started the year working off working in the restaurant industry, right? And took like a chance at my current job that I have now. And still in the hospitality industry, but like somehow, even with everything that happened, I still have a job. 
And I'm super stoked about that. Had I stayed in the restaurant industry as a manager, I would have, I would have not had a job. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I literally like three months before the pandemic actually took hold is when I made the switch. And it's, it, it it's crazy. Like those those moments in your life that like these things matter. You know what I'm saying? Like defining moments, you know, uh, they talk about it in what if, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, know, what, 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 uh, the, what, what the, the, what she call it? Uh, I know. Uh, damn it. So, some of the points in time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they're just, they're these points in times where you make these decisions and like, they literally, they, they defined, end up defining who you are or end up defining, you know, or help define your destiny. You know, you, you usually don't know what it is until it's already passed. Yeah. Like you know, when, when it's happening, you, you don't realize uh, how significant or how inconsequential something might be. So it, it's funny, bro. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I, I just, this, cause we didn't even discuss this before we were going to do the podcast and this is just where the podcast goes. Right. Um, so Off the rails. Yeah. That's where uh, it goes. When, so this is not the first time in my life where something like this happened about like me making the right decision about like my work environment right and like deciding to like do something different that was like completely unexpected and the first time i really that it really happened to me in my life was i was 21 years old and i had basically dropped out of college right uh and didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and for some reason or another, I'd never, my uncle, who was like my dad, he raised me, right? And I never wanted to be a printer, but that's what he was. He was a printer. He owned a print shop, right? And for some reason, I decided, oh, you know what? I want to go work for him. And I want to learn how to do this, this trade, right? Like, you know. A printer has basically yeah. been a job that you've had since fucking Gutenberg created the first printing press, right? Like, this is clearly a job you can have for the rest of your life if you learn how to do it. Gutenberg. Yeah. That's a motherfucking Tuesday night trivia for you. Yeah, ass. Gutenberg. That's it, man. So I went and I, I went to my, my uncle at the time and I said, hey, can I, uh, can I work with you? And uh, he said, yeah, absolutely. He let me come in. Little did we know that like four months later, he would be diagnosed with like terminal cancer. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, but like these moments, like I would have never had, like it sucks. He passed away. That's a horrible thing. Like I totally get it. Trust me, I've had almost 20 years to deal with it. But, like, the thing that I take away from that is, is, like, my dad's last year of his life, I was there at the print shop every single day with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got that. Like, not a lot of people get that. So I've been very fortunate for some reason that I always kind of make the right call, you know, right before these horrible disasters happen. 
Um, and that's just one example of that. It, it, it's constantly happened through, to me throughout my whole life. And I, look, I was very fortunate to have the job that I had before I started working with the company that I'm working with now. And I totally understand that. I'm very, uh, very grateful to the people that gave me that job. But the job that I have now has literally sustained my family through this entire pandemic. And I'm super, super happy for that. And I never forget that my problems are all first world problems. Like my literally like everything that happens to me in my life, as horrible as it may sound, is still a first world problem. You know, and if you look at it through those colored eyes, then maybe you get through it a little bit better. That's how I feel about it. Also, salute. Dang, you just, you just getting right to it and then just, just, just drops, drops some, uh, old guy knowledge on you. Yeah. You just dropped some old guy knowledge on me (laughs) and then then you just took a sip. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. I like that. I like that. It's, it's uh, well, you got you got you got to do is you got to do what you know is right for you. You know, man. Uh, it's it's not even about doing what's right for you. It. So one of my mentors in in business, um, told me something that till this day literally holds true to me okay you got to do the right thing even when nobody's looking it's easy to do the right thing when somebody's looking it's hard to do the right thing when nobody's looking and that creates character yeah it's it's not about Sometimes you do the right thing in the professional world. You'll do the right thing and you'll lose. You you won't actually win. You'll actually lose, right? But you'll only lose for the short term. You don't lose for the long term. So it really it really matters how you look at something. Are you in it for the short game? Because if you're in it for the short game, then you can take the shortcut. But if you're in it for the long game, then you do what's right, even though it doesn't benefit you sometimes at that moment. But it'll benefit you in the long run. You know, some people, it's not even about a uh, lack to the depth of, of their character. They just lack the vision to even see that the long game is there. That's extremely valid point. But when you're in those work circumstances or, or, or work situations, your job is always to see the long game. Like, if you're only looking at it at short-term gains, then that's all you'll ever have. You know what I'm saying? Like you're 
if you sell yourself if you sell yourself short and let's say let's say you're let's say you're with a company okay, okay. and you're the you're in the top 3 salesmen every month but every month you're cutting corners and there's a guy who's number 4 mm, number and he four. never cuts corners Sure, the company sees that number three is ahead of number four, right? But the company knows that number four will always do the right thing for the company. You know, it's like number three got higher numbers across the board, but also in the uh, complaints and... Shadiness department, man. Shadiness department. When you're talking about building repeat business, when you're talking about like... When you do something consistently, good or bad, a pattern is gonna develop. It's unavoidable. Listen, one of the one of the best things that you could do as a salesman is is build yourself repeat business. People that people that trust you enough to come back to you to keep doing business with you. And if you can do that, no company will ever fire you as a salesman. There's just no company will ever like. If you're paying for your seat and you're bringing people in, no company will ever fire you. But what happens is a lot of people want that quick money. They don't see the long term, you know. And the quick money is good if you're like, if if you don't want to be with a company long term. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like if it's a company that is a long term company. Dude, you got to take advantage of it. You know, that there's really only two instances in life that uh, instant gratification is even applicable. It's even, and that's uh, with taking a bite of food and busting a nut. Pretty much every other thing in your life <laughs> is the long game. You're not going to receive uh, instant gratification from anything else. Uh, well, sometimes when you make a sale, you get that instant gratification. I'm just saying. You bust a nut when you make a sale? Sometimes, bro. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. If the sale's good enough, I'm like, yeah. When that credit card payment goes through, I'm like, that is what I am talking about. You're just like, bam. Yeah. <laughs> bam, bam. You know what I'm saying? You know, all back. it happens. It happens. Anyways, let's get off of this topic. Man, we just went straight into the yeah. deep end on this no, one. No, 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 Let's get episode, off of this topic. Episode 19, taking no prisoners <laughs> right off the bat. You know, stick around. You might learn something. From shrooms to Skyrim. What are you looking at? That bottle over there is empty. Yeah, right? Sad. It's empty. Yeah. It looks like it's not empty from oh. where I'm sitting. <sighs> but I guess it's empty. See, so you should have got a, a bigger bottle. I should have got a bigger bottle. You was thinking short term, not long term. Not long term. <laughs> That's on me. <laughs> Put that one on me, boys. You know, uh, this podcast we're doing mm-hmm. is, uh, requires that long term vision. For sure. 
There is no instant gratification. I mean, it does exist in uh, small amounts, small doses, but if that's what you're looking for, you're, you're just gonna gonna fall short if you stop along the way for every little bit of instant gratification there may be. Especially with this. Here's the thing, though. Like, I kind of disagree with that because just doing this is an instant gratification. If you're looking to do this and thinking you're going to be, you know, the next big podcast, 19 podcasts in or whatever, right? Like, that's not how it works. Or, or, or maybe not instant gratification per se, but uh, you got to have the right perspective. You know, you can't uh, can't stop just because you didn't get that 12K views uh, no. on the video. I mean, you know, our video last week is at, is at 15 views right now. It's actually our lowest video. <laughs> but that doesn't. That's change. it? 15 views? Yeah. But it does have uh I'm hurt people. The highest um length like viewership? No, like uh like watch time. Yeah, yeah. Average. yeah, yeah. But you know that that doesn't uh that doesn't affect or discourage me. Like if that was if it was only about the the short term the instant gratification, right. You know, that that could be a you know more like, like it's, it's it's not even a speed bump for me. Listen, listen, man. Uh, you know there's that old saying that it takes ten thousand hours, right? It takes ten thousand hours to master something. You know, uh, where are we? Yeah, you, where are we at that? You, you where, know, like you know, we? like uh, like McConaughey's book, like we we're talking about a few weeks ago. Yeah, you know. Just, uh, just cause uh, uh, we had a, a yellow light right now, you know that that's on us to turn that to a green light. You know, you step in shit, gotta wipe it off your shoe. Keep going, man. Keep going. And when when you're doing something because you want to do it, uh, you're not gonna let outside stimuli stop you listen man this is this is one of several steps that this podcast and that we are taking to better ourselves and it's awesome and it's awesome we've got some really good stuff that we bring to the table and right now it's 15 people you know that's not fucking bad bro 15 people Shit, you know, no? like and, 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 that's that's and of our we're eight, at nineteen episodes, fifteen yeah, people. That's an episode. This is a little bit more than an episode per person that we're bringing along. And you know, <laughs> like there, there's other videos that have uh, way more. I also, low key think I'm, I'm shadow banned on Instagram. It's another story, but um, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that bullshit in a hot minute. I mean, like we we have. Over 200 hours accumulated. Uh, a video? Wa- no, watch time. Like, there, there's oh. over to- there's over 200 hours accumulated watch time. 
you know that people that's to Ooh. me we're getting there it's it's a, it's significant you know that's i don't absolutely I, I don't look at that as any small feat i that, mean that's like uh it's like we owe it to the people uh that are taking the time the most valuable absolutely irreplaceable commodity of all cuz you can't get it back true that So, yeah, I feel so good about this. There's so many fucking things to come. Listen, I man. think I think we do good work here. I think we're going to continue to we're keep only, up in it. It's only going to get better, man. It's only going to get better. And aside from all that noise, I highly enjoy doing this, what we're doing right here, right this second. I I, I love it. I love it. So, so one one way or the other, it's time it's time not wasted. <laughs> and I think we're already fucking good at this. We're gonna we're gonna uh, start bringing people back to the show. <laughs> we're gonna introduce the world uh, to a lot of things. It's big things to come. I'm super excited. Well, one of the big things that we're gonna we're gonna and, bring and to the world is is Matthew's reviews on Blacklist apparently because I, holy I thought, shit! I thought you were gonna, <laughs> gonna say Matthew's dick because uh, you're like no, we're no, about no. to bring Matthew's something big to the world. Uh, Matthew's why is it always dick? A, I mean, I'm sure you got a hog. I'm sure you're packing some heat down there. I mean, I would hope so. I mean, you're like six something, you know. If you're packing a, a itty bitty Peter, that's disproportionate to the rest <laughs> of your body. <sighs> then you're packing like me. <laughs> sad, so sad. I mean, you got some pretty big balls. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would have. I mean, you came here that that one time. All right, listen. I'm gonna tell. I wait. Hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. I think hold that on, was before on, we did stop, episode stop, one. You're like, we about to stop, do a podcast. Stop, 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 stop. I just, I have to say, I, dude, that laugh, that fucking laugh, bro. Like, anybody in DC, if you can hear me. We will sell you his laugh. Like, you could get whatever actor to play the Joker, but we will sell you Matt's laugh because, Matt, that is, it's sinister and funny (laughs) at the same time. Dude, I have small balls, which makes my dick look huge, (laughs) which is not saying much (laughs) because it's not. See what I mean? It's all about perspective. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't. Like, if I if it was 20 years ago, I would love to talk about this. If it was 20 years ago, you'd probably have your balls out I would. on the, on the I microphone. Would. <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I would. I would. I, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what I would have done 20 years ago as opposed to today. 
Because I would have definitely already had my balls on the fucking camera. <laughs> but now I, I just can't do that. I can't do that. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I have hairy balls. Some of the hairs are gray. It's not it's not attractive. <laughs> so there I was watching Bonanza. Yo, that uh I th- <laughs> <laughs> watching Bonanza. <laughs> Marge was vacuuming in her good robe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking like that could be a a good idea for a segment. It's like a list of actions and it's like uh, things you would do today versus things you want to do. What? You know what I'm saying? No. Like I would say, I would I would say, an action. Okay. And it'd be something you would do today, or you would have done twenty years ago. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Or like, or like, we, like, we're like, we would try to guess if you would do it today, I or if you, you. Oh, want yeah, to do yeah, it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to play that game? Because I can tell you, I can tell you, it gets weird for me. It gets weird for you. Oh, yeah, it gets weird for me. <laughs> The older I've gotten, the weirder I've gotten. <laughs> it's, it, it, it didn't have the adverse effect on me. The older I've gotten, I'm like, hey, you know, fuck it. I have just one. Go ahead. Double Dutch rudder. Oh, it's not even a question. Definitely do it. <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's not even, you know, a question. Why? I mean, it's not even gay, you know. So, uh. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, dude, dude, I have a question for you. Ask away. What's it like to watch a twenty-two hour marathon of Blacklist? Uh, it's not healthy. <laughs> it doesn't feel healthy. When I returned uh, back to reality, I was very disorientated, huh? out of out of touch with. Huh? I, I I had to bathe. I hadn't bathe. <laughs> I had to sleep. I had to eat. Wow! I mean, you got lost. What what season is this? All right, so. Wait, hold on. What what season is it though? Wait, season eight. Wait, season have you even eight. started watching Blacklist yet? Uh, I watched the first season and that was it. I told you already. Wait, recently or no, a long time ago? No, long time ago when the first season came out. Doc, you got to get to season three for me, please. Dude, there's a lot going on, bro. I'm watching Ted Lasso. I'm watching Foundation. Bob's Foundation. Burgers. This a this a new one now, ah, dude. Bob's Burgers just came out with a with season with the new season. Okay, which, by the way, I'm not. I'm not gonna. First argue two with, episodes were great. I'm not gonna argue with Bob's Burgers. I love Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is best, man. It's the best. That's like more comforting than I could just put that on and Bob's Burgers is my favorite thing in the whole world, bro. It's it's 
I mean, you know how you know how much I love the show. I know, I know. <laughs> you know how much I love the show. You know, uh, it's it's literally it's it's the one show that I will one hundred percent say that's me and my wife's show. Like that's our show. Like almost to the point where we almost want that life. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was catching up on all of Blacklist. On Netflix recently. Yeah. And um, I hadn't watched it in a few years, so I started back from uh, season one just so I could get uh, reorientated with uh, that world, everything going on. So... <clears throat> Uh, just go, man. Just go. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. Lost my train of thought. Can I tell From you something? Shrooms to Skyrim. Tell Can me. I tell you something? Tell me. Wu Tang, bitch. Sorry. Uh, just I got Chappelle on the brain. Facts. Killing it. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with at all. Cream. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar, dollar bills, bill, y'all. Um, yeah, so I was watching Blacklist from season one, and I watched it up until up until I had finished. Uh, I got to season seven, which was the latest season they had. Then current season out of season eight, it was just added last Wednesday. So I finished season seven. So I guess they were ending that around the time like like the uh, the shutdown was like going into effect. So the last episode of season seven, they weren't able to finish filming, and they tried to finish it with a with like some three D animation and narration to fill in for the scenes they hadn't filmed. And I guess they must have been that sounds weird on a time limit, cause like cause like the the animation they had it was like from like a video game from like night two thousand, okay. It was yeah, it was like the fucking first Grand Theft Auto game like it was super fucking jarring like I would have preferred like I think it would have been better served to have like just uh like narrated over like storyboard cartoon panels like the 3D animation they had was just it was just fucking awkward that doesn't actually sound really bad what you were just saying like it's actually a cool concept if you think about it to do that over the storyboard panels and narrate it uh, and then um, some of the best movies are uh, especially a lot of the newer movies uh are basically all storyboarded out yeah so you don't wait shots you know what i'm saying like the matrix was actually one of the first movies to really do this was like okay look we don't need a lot of shots we just need this shot because we've storyboarded it like right. a comic book you know what I'm saying? Like this is 
this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. This is this is what we want the movie to look like. Right. You know? That would actually be pretty cool. So you're saying so like it was the, like PS2? Like it'd be cooler like, if it was like 8 bit or 16 bit. It was like the bit? fucking first PlayStation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like if y'all were on a time limit, like why did you even try to go for the 3D? <laughs> and it was like it was like in and out, in and out of like shit they had filmed and then back to 3D and like in and out, in and out. And it was like from that angle of like, it was fucking. And then like, so the episode starts and uh, the main character. Is it uh, the last episode or is it several episodes? It's the it's just, it's just the last episode of season okay. seven. Like the episode starts, Liz is talking to her grandfather that's just gone into the coma. And then she starts to say something to him. And then all of a sudden it goes to, I think it's like the guy that plays Harold Cooper. Like it goes to him like on FaceTime. And he's like, is what? And But it's like, it's he like. He starts narrating No, 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 no. It like goes to him like he's on FaceTime. It's like, she's saying something. And he's like, it's what Liz would have liked to say to her grandfather. And then they like right there, they like go to start of the actors in their homes on FaceTime. Oh. Like the one, it's already like three minutes in. Like, oh, you know, COVID, we weren't able to finish filming. Hope everyone's safe. Which, like, that's not a good look. I think they should have started the episode like that. Like, started as opposed to like going three minutes in and then doing that and right. then going back to the episode. But yeah, you know, I, I, they had to do what they do. And what do you give this last season? All right, so. A week after, and the same thing happened when I got into Game of Thrones. I what? I like I got into it, and I watched everything, and then the last season came out. Okay. Like I started watching it like that year, so it just so happened I finished season seven, and a week later, uh, well I finished seasons one through seven, and a week later, season on Wednesday, season eight got added to Netflix. Right. So I sat down uh, to watch the first episode, uh-huh. and then I just watched the whole fucking season, and it was—I <laughs> mean, it was like fucking twenty-two hours. I, oh. I, I took a I took a break to make hamburgers and use the bathroom a couple times. And that was it. So what do you give that? And um, first of all. It was a whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> guy. Anger. Happiness. Sadness. Joy. Okay? Why was anger first, though? So Liz is back to beefing with Reddington this Why? season. Why? Always. Always. Which it's like infuriating. Like, she's like, it doesn't even make sense at this point anymore. Because, you know, he, he 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 holding all the secrets from her. And she's like, I, I want to know who you are and who this is. I know you're not Ilya Koslov. And, you know, because, you know, like, at one point she thought he was her father. Mm-hmm. But then when they there was, like, a DNA test, oh, there, there was some bones that were discovered. 
that he was trying to hide. But it. you know that it don't turns mean out, shit. Yeah, like <laughs> you know that don't mean shit. Let me tell you something. I I never <laughs> met my damn daddy, and I don't, I don't give a fuck who he you know, is. You know, you know that she don't like, mean shit. She you know she want to know like oh like it makes a difference biologically like that shit don't give a fuck. I got I got fucking I got fucking I, I never met one damn person on my father's side of the family, and I I couldn't give one single solitary fuck about him you know what i'm saying so like when i see that shit played up so much and uh on the screen yeah i'm just kind of like really it's, it's not that serious okay I, I literally got half two half siblings that i'm aware of exist and they have never reached out to you and i don't you give them never- i don't give a mother <laughs> fuck you're closer to me than you are to them exactly <laughs> and you met me Four years ago. <laughs> Sound like that. No, it's exactly like that. Four years ago. That's when we met. It's only been four years. Yeah. Think about it. My daughter just. My daughter's about to turn four. Yeah, but I think I already know you for a year or two before your daughter. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Think so? Six years? I don't think it's been six years since we've known each other. Five years. Five years, maybe. Okay, five years. I'll give you five. So, hey man, this was last week. I'm trying to. Did I, oh, did I make any? Did I knocked over bats? It's fucked oh, up. Fucking, I'm all over the place. Um. So, on your scale of wait, 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 whimsical <laughs> to I'm, phenomenal. I'm, I'm not done. I'm trying to. Trying to, uh, oh, this, this listen, was last man, week. Hurry up, man. Try, I want to go into mine. Trying to get back in into that mind state. Because let me tell you, I was, it left me very emotionally vulnerable. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. <laughs> Season eight, 22 hours, give or take. I yelled. I laughed. I cried. Man. So first of all, uh, this season, because you remember how I told you when she was working with her sister Liz, yes, and she had a she had a sideline Reddington, which meant she was the one who ratted him out uh, to the mm-hmm. NYPD, and yeah. he almost he and almost then, went to death row, yeah. and then she regretted it. She was like, "Oh my bad." She was like, "It don't matter who you are. Like I just realized I care about you. Like it don't matter who you really are." And then this season. Um, uh, her mother comes into play. I thought her mom was dead. This lady's not even her, not even her mom. She was a Russian agent who was framed to be her mom. Oh my god! So she dude. infiltrates Liz's life under the pretense of being her mom. Okay, oh. and this is who Liz sides with over Reddington. Oh, get out of here with that, dude! Get out of here with that. And I can't even watch it. That's worse than fucking General Hospital so or look, Days of Our Lives. Se- season 8, okay. I'm not going to lie. Liz was motherfucking super cunt, okay? Like, she literally... See you next Tuesday, bitch. <laughs> she motherfucking... Um, she was like, yo, I, I, she, she wanted to kill him now. She wanted to kill Reddington, okay? She stole C4 from the FBI and tried to blow him up inside a hospital. And then they were still making excuses for her, okay? This bitch bombed a hospital, which first that, of all, that's, that's just that's horrible writing. 
Oh, so first, okay. she had the shit. She had the shit wide in her car door. So, cause she was, he was gonna take a ride with her, and she was gonna like blow him up like a car bomb. Right. But then, right before he opened the handle, cause he'd been sick for a couple of seasons, he started coughing up blood. Uh-huh. So instead of abandoning her C4 plan, because now he's in the hospital, and she sent someone in there to plant the C4, like, yo, you, you could have sent them in there with some fucking bleach and needle and uh and stuck it in the IV line. Wow, it's just like a thousand. It's like just because you have the C4, <laughs> you don't have to use it still. Like but what, 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 if you have it, you got to use the C4. This goes to show you how fucking off the rail she was. And then, it's just and bad then writing. after she bust uh, this mass murder motherfucker out of prison, Wait. she uses him to almost call, cause two airplanes to collide, all in the name of her master plan to get back at Reddington. And this whole time, She's still like crying about, oh, he he has the secrets. I gotta find out. And she, man, she fucking got all these people killed in motherfucking Wichita, Kansas. Oh, hey. I got people in Wichita. Got friends in Wichita. That's fucked up, man. Like the Kansas shit, I'm pretty fucking upset with her still, okay? A lot of yeah, innocent got, got, people died. I got a lot of I got a lot of friends in Wichita, dog. I, I disagree with so many of her choices in that season. Uh, I, and then. But then you get to the end. Uh-huh. And. Yo, so the FBI finally catches up with her. Okay. And puts her in. Uh, in. They they got this shit the box yeah what they had him in yeah in the black site mm-hmm. so Reddington helicopter helicopter on top of the roof of the black site you know blow, blow the roof off put the chains on the box he just take the whole box okay <laughs> the Reddington don't fuck around <laughs> dude how good is James Spader bro the fucking best I mean honestly man I uh, like. What? And then I'm I'm kind of fucking skipping around here, uh. But then she makes a fucking, she's still trying to betray him all the way to the very end. Okay, then he's like, I'm gonna take you to where the secrets are. Right. And she has this tracker shit that she was using to uh to still sh- sell him he, out. He said he saved her life multiple times during the season. Right. And then, like, she'll turn around and try to kill him right. while he's saving her life. Right. That's what he got to deal with. Sometimes sometimes somebody's got to go, bro. But. <laughs> it's just like. So he taking her to the secrets. And she don't turn the fucking tracker off. Uh, and, more, and more people die as a result of that. Because he take her to the, the secret side where he got the Sokovia Accords, not Sokovia Accords. That's a that's adventurous. Asia Ultra. That's Asia Ultra. Um, but I like I like where your head's at. So Sokovia, whatever the fuck, where he got his <laughs> analog information network going on. Okay, but it's, it said whatever the fuck. But it's a whatever the fuck the Sokovia. But it, it's a motherfucking are. Cold War base. Oh, okay. So so they get down in the bunker. So it's analog and um. You know, they're, they're talking through the microphone, and Reddington's like, 
he's he's a yeah like once i bust uh blow this flimsy hatch off he's like oh yeah once you blow this flimsy hatch off right you know where you are right this is a cold world bunker this designed to withstand uh you know nuclear blast 22 megaton blast pussy boy and then he's like, you know what else this guy? And you see gas coming out of out the vents. He's like, yeah, it's got so and so gas. And you know the shit flammable. Boom! He hit the he hit the switch. Friday ass. The the big bad for the season. He dead. Okay. That none of that would have happened if this bitch would have just turned the tracker off. Cause he was taking her there to give her all the secrets that she been wanting for eight seasons. That you trying to kill him over. That's it. He tells her, yeah, that that lady you saw me kill. That you all in your feelings about because you thought I killed your mother? She not your mother, okay? She this lady. Uh. Like, Elizabeth is upset because she began lied to. But that, that don't justify her actions, in my opinion. Okay, so look. It's not 100% confirmed, but it's very, very much alluded to. Okay. Raymond Reddington uh-huh. is... Her father? Katerina Rostova. No, her fa- her father. Okay, look. Okay, watch. Watch me work. I'll break it down for you since you're never going to watch it anyway. <laughs> Raymond Reddington, U.S. Naval Intelligence Officer, right? Mm-hmm. During the Cold War. Okay. Katerina Rostova, KGB agent. Plus, she was working for the cabal, right? Raymond Reddington was her assignment. She seduces him, okay? The daughter who's Elizabeth, was unexpected. Uh-huh. Okay. He realizes that she's spying on her. He starts spying on, that she's spying on him. He starts spying on her. Uh-huh. Okay. They both building up uh, the information stockpile. Shit goes sideways. Okay. She tries to flee with the daughter. Okay. But he's got the information on the cabal. Okay. she's And, he, and she's trying to get that from him. He's trying to get their daughter from her. Okay. A fire starts. House burning down. Elizabeth, who's a toddler. Oh, by the way, uh, blacklist spoilers. Anywho. Accidentally shoots her father, Raymond Reddington. Okay. Her father, Raymond Reddington, the U.S. Naval Intelligence Officer, does not survive that night of the fire. Right? Remember I told you they had the bag of bones. Uh, that's her father Raymond Reddington this guy's playing her father right someone that was there survived the fire is the current so when they're after when they're being both all the governments in the world are after them you know what I'm saying or not all the governments the United States and Russia the big guys right so they're like Yo, there's these bank accounts that we use to frame Raymond Reddington, right? The uh, That's fake, but the money we use to frame him is real. real. Raymond Reddington just has to access it. So that's how the idea originated of, because no one knows he's dead except for them, Katerina Rostova and one of her uh, best childhood friends who's also a KGB agent, right? So you're thinking that KGB agent is no, it's not. For part of like season seven, it led you to believe that that he was Ilya uh, Ilya Kostov, uh-huh. right? But then you see Ilya Kostov, like uh, he, he's you know he's still like they introduce him, right? 
This is not 100, 100% confirmed, but it's pretty much like 95% confirmed. Very much alluded to. Uh-huh. Raymond Reddington has been this whole time Katarina Rostova. Oh, because there was like a whole thing. Uh, it was like season five, like in season five and arc, where there's this doctor. Because you know how all the all the blacklisters got their gimmick? You know, the thing right. they do for the criminal underworld? Right, right, right. There's right. this blacklister who's like this impeccable plastic surgeon who turns one of criminals into other people so they can't. Right, you know. right, 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 right. So it was confirmed that. This this Raymond so Reddington had Raymond been a Reddington patient. A woman, he's Katarina Rostova. He's Elizabeth's mother. Ah, and there's all kinds of reasons that he couldn't reveal that to her, because as demonstrated throughout the show, he's like, if these secrets get out, you'll be in danger. Okay, Tom, her husband, tries to ID the bag of bones of the suitcase. It literally every time she or her people go after the secrets, they fucking die. And the whole the whole show, she blames him. And he told Tom, he's like, "Don't do that." Like these, right. you know, you're gonna you you stirring up old ghosts. Like, and they came and killed him. You know, you start you start just asking about the name Katarina Rostova, and, and these people toast. these people come out the woodwork because there's like a fucking like a fucking thirty kill, kill a order. fucking $30 million bounty on her head. Right, it's a kill order. So I was like, it's you just ask about that name. They're like, oh, you ask about that name? Like, what you got to do with her? You, every single time he tells them, these secrets are my personal business. If I tell them to you, it's going to put you in danger. Right. Because if people are looking for Katarina Rostova, and it is revealed that I am that person, and you are my daughter, what they going to do? They're going to use you to leverage me. Mm. Interesting. He been saying that since the very start. They so don't, that's, they, that's, they don't that, want to listen. Is that your, are you like dead set on that's your perspective on the whole thing? That is, it's, it's like a theory, like that, like on Reddit, they call him uh red arena. Oh, 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 you're on Reddit forums about this. Yeah. Dude, you got a problem stock. All right. So look, there's a, <laughs> you remember that Sopranos dreamscape dreamscape episode? It's been like 20 years since I watched Sopranos, bro. So I forget which season. There's like a dreamscape uh, episode at a beach house when uh, Mr. Kaplan helps Elizabeth fake her, fake her death yeah. so she can flee to Cuba. And he thinks he's dead. And he goes to this beach house and he has this vivid flashback that he relives through. And it shows you in that episode and later on that when he when he relives that flashback, it shows you later on play by play that, and this is this was in like season, way before season seven, mm-hmm. even, or season eight when like this was alluded to way before. It shows you that Katarina went through these events at the beach house, these like thirty some odd years ago, right before she, uh, she disappeared, right. Okay, and it and every time it alludes to that more than once. Okay, later on, they're like Raymond Reddington when he thought Elizabeth had died. He's like, you know, in a state of turmoil, and he goes to this beach house, and he relives this shit, and then it shows you 
that the person this happened to was Katarina Rostova right before she disappeared. And he's reliving the shit in his head. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's like. It's alluding not, to the fact that. There was, there's no other person like they, every single person that they teased who he could be or where her mother might be, like they tease it and then, oh no, it's really this. Oh no, it's really this. There's no one left, left for him to be. Other ex- than her? Except for her mother. Right. That's interesting. So what do you give the season? Oh, wait. So season eight, <laughs> they finally they finally come around and make amends, right? Uh-huh. Like he's dying, terminal illness. He's not gonna tell her who she he has a letter for her to read. <clears throat> Sorry, my, my allergies got me. But she can't read until after he's dead, okay? Uh-huh. She already committed all these heinous atrocities, right? She can't go back to the FBI. He says, for you to be safe, you need to take my place in the criminal underworld. Uh-oh. I'm about to die anyways. Uh-oh. You need to kill me so people are going to put some respect on your name. Oh. Okay. You know, it's emotional. She don't want to do it. He still won't tell her who she is. He said, I got the letter that explains the last bit of everything. Yo, you could just ask me to pass it to you, dog. You look like you look like you're going through. No, 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 you're not. I just, I mean, I feel bad. I could just pass it to you. Okay, wait. Before I lose my train of thought, which I'm notorious for losing. Okay. She's about to pull the trigger and kill him, right? Uh-huh. Right before that happens, she gets shot in the back, and she bleeds out in the street. He holding her. She dead for real this time. It's not like that time before she faked her death. She bleeding out on the street, holding her in her arms. Dembe there. He's like, Raymond, we got to go. Oh, he, he, then he, he off the motherfucker that killed. He like, bam, bam, bam. Yo, Raymond Reddison, Raymond Reddison be killing the shit out of motherfuckers. <laughs> he, empty, he empties the clip in that motherfucker. She, she lying there, bleeding out in his arms. You hear the sirens, okay? She ain't dead. Nah, she dead because it's already been confirmed that the actress who plays her, Megan Boone, is leaving the show. Because she, uh, she started her own production company and she's going to continue working with, uh, I believe it's with Sony. Uh huh. It's another one right over there. Another one, what? Another one of these right over there. Oh, you're the best. You're the best friend, man. She's leaving the show. They're doing another season. She's dead. Okay. He bled out in his arms. That's what she gets for not fucking listening to him. So what do you give the show now? I'll tell you, man. I got goosebumps right now talking Is about it. Where you start, almost started crying. I, I relived it in my mind right I, now. I, I, saw, saw I saw you almost started crying. I, you, got, you got emotional about the shit. It's good. That's, that's when you know the show is good. And there's like a few things. You know, because this is uh like uh, you know, network TV show. There's some like overall like logistical things, but it's like you know, man, bam, bam. You know, it's the episode, and then you know, look past it. Like for example, like when Donald Wrestler, who was laid up in the hospital with like 
a collapsed lung. Like he found out what's about to happen. You know, he just gets out the hospital and he just starts running. You know what I'm saying? The hospital's like, and then he he gets there. Like they all get there at the same time. The other FBI right. agents are yeah. driving from the black site. And he just he just running from the hospital. You know, collapsed lung and all. He just ran over there. Motherfucker didn't even call a cab because it's more dramatic to run all the way. Right, all the, all the way there, like Forrest Gump. This motherfucker was just running. So it's like I will say, like this show, like does take. You know some liberties logistically. <laughs> it sounds like it, but it's like it's, it's 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 not anything you know more than you expect from like a, a network TV show. It's it's just Matt's allergies. He's not he's not crying because she died. And um, he's crying because she died. He's crying because she died. What I give this season? What do you give this season? Seven and a half. Ooh, out of ten. Yeah, it's a C plus. It's a C actually, just a C. I mean, that's that, that's that's why I give the show out a whole as a whole seven uh, seven point five. Okay, seven point six. Nice. Can I go into mine now? James Spader as Raymond Reddington. Nine out of out of ten. Ten out of ten. Okay. <laughs> Eleven out of ten. Can I go into mine now? Can I do mine now? I'm almost fizzled out. Almost? Watching James Spader's Raymond Reddington, it literally makes me a more cultured person. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> makes me. You, why does it make you a more cultured person? I want to know this. Why? He be, the, the Do you want to know? about some funny facts? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just joking. Go ahead. I don't know, like, what it really is. Mm -hmm. If it's the writing or if it's the way he brings the words to life. It's the way that he brings the words to life. And, you know, this show has some phenomenal... Because, like, it's, it's not like the writing is lacking for the characters... And, you know, sometimes the character development on the show is inconsistent. Like, you see characters' growth, and then when they need a character to play a certain role, like, that character is, like, playing that role. You know what I mean? Right. So, in that aspect, sometimes the character growth could be inconsistent because they, they also have a wide, wide array of characters that are core to the show. And sometimes they try to delve into these side stories. Uh, and to some degree... It's for the most part, it's successful, but there's plenty of, uh, you know, threads that just stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many unexplored paths, but right. they could only do so much. So many storylines that they don't continue with, essentially. Right? But, like, those those characters are very... All of them are very prolific in their own way. And it's it's hard to like, you know, anybody who's, you know, for them to, uh, you know, still stand out next to uh, 
James Spader right. doing that what he's character. doing yeah. is commendable. But, you know, all, like, Harold Cooper, him and uh, Elizabeth Keene, like, they have some great fucking dialogue. And he, you know, you know what I need to find? I bet it's on YouTube. Like, every single scene of Raymond Reddington. <laughs> I bet you it is. I could just play that like on loop forever. <laughs> so, wait, I do want to say really quick. Um, uh huh. They had a a tribute episode for um. Oh, you know I'm I'm terrible with names. I gotta. Please hit me with it. Uh, Clark Middleton, okay, who played um, Glenn Carter, Jellybean, who's fucking, he was he was a riot on that show. Yeah, he was always infuriating Raymond Reddington to the nth degree, but um, uh, he died uh, from the West Nile virus. Oh, and. You know, Clark Middleton, he was in, like, Sin City and some other stuff. Uh, I'm sure. I've, I would have to look and see who it is. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, did he die in real life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. Yeah. I didn't even know who he died. So, like, okay. I, I don't know. I have to. Oh, you got to go pee? Yeah, I got to go pee. You know, like, we're, like, like we're going to either have to develop some, like, uh, baseball hand signals, or you just got to fucking tell me. Because you, you just be, like, pointing at shit, and I don't, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I got to pee. Yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace to Clark Middleton. Uh, Blacklist did uh, a tribute episode for his character, Passing Away. That was... It was just fucking super awesome. It was definitely a spirit of uh, his character on the show, Jelly Bean. And it was also like super. It was just a fucking uh, great send off for a great guy. And I'm fucking glad the, the showrunners de- uh, decided to do that. Also, the gentleman, I don't know. I don't know his name that played uh, Elizabeth's grandfather. For seven season, Dominic uh, passed away as well. Uh, they 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 recasted him and for the eighth season for a few small parts, but um, he he was fucking great too. He was back now from the bathroom. I guess uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of all blacklisted out. All right, so you're all blacklisted out. But black, but but this is a good segue into what I'm about to get into. What are you about to get into? So I'm about to get into Bond. James Bond. That's it, man. That is it. And I have to tell you, tell uh, me. I love this. I love the character. Okay, I love all these movies. Uh, I find it hard pressed to find a better franchise than the Bond franchise. Bond, really? Listen, man. Bond. The Bond franchise came. Before Lucas's trilogy, before The Godfather, 
Okay, like the bond, the bond franchise was already in full swing by the time those movies came about. Okay, uh, and you know, we've clearly seen some classic portrayals of the character, right, and the stories, starting with Sean Connery, who, Sean Connery, uh, who you know is widely considered the greatest James Bond of all time. And I, I'm not going to take anything away from that because till this day from Russia with love is still probably one of my favorite James Bond movies. I'm not, you know, it still holds up as, as a bond movie. And I would probably say that up until Daniel Craig came along and played James Bond from Russia with love was still my favorite James Bond movie. You know, so you, you probably wouldn't mind, uh, or you'd probably be on board with my backup pod name. If we ever get a, uh, cease and desist to stop using Skyrim. What? Uh, from Shrooms with Love. From Shrooms with Love? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I have been, you know, I, I grew up, my my oldest my oldest brother. When I was well, a wee lad. Uh, my oldest brother was the one that introduced me to the James Bond franchise. And uh, I grew up. Beginning with not Sean Connery, but actually the Sean Roger Connery. the Roger Moore James Bonds when I was a kid. Is that like the Golden Eye one? Uh no. Golden Eye Sh- Golden Eye was uh Sean Pierce Connery. Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce so Brosnan many. was the fourth James Bond. So the first James Bond was Sean Connery. The second James Bond was George Lazenby. Okay. The third James Bond was Timothy Dalton. The fourth James Bond was Pierce Brosnan, and the fifth James Bond was uh, Daniel Craig, at least in the official canon, okay? Um, Peter Sellers played James Bond in Casino Royale. That was more like a comedy than it was an actual James Bond movie. Uh, The original Casino Royale, not the one with Daniel Craig. Right. Okay? Um, And the, the Bond movies have always been great. And it doesn't matter who plays them, they've all they've all been with the exception of probably George Lesby and Timothy Dalton they've all had character arcs right like the beginning Bond one right like the first time they've all played Bond right this James the Daniel Craig one what was different with this especially with this last one was that we for the first time we had a beginning middle and ending for James Bond what do you mean? So Casino Royale is James Bond becoming James Bond, right? And the main villain in that is Lashif, right? Lashif. And Lashif is part of Spectre, but is Spectre. it really part of Spectre? Spectre is a criminal organization that is like running the shadows of the underworld, right? right. That James Bond is like trying to stop, right? And, and, and Spectre goes all the way back to the original James Bond movies. Okay, the the Sean Connery and all Spectre's always involved. Okay, are, are you saying like the older James Bond movies were more like uh, standalone films as opposed to they were they uh, each all, one moving a plot forward? They're overarching. All, they're all standalone films, but they but they all tie into like while they're all standalone films, like the bad guys are somehow typically always connected to Spectre, right? right? Like, they're a bad guy of Spectre, right? Like, the head of Spectre is Stavros, Stavros Blofeld, right? 
and he has other like bad guys that James is fighting to get to that bad guy. Right. You know I'd what I'm be saying? A bad like, guy too. If my name was Stavros Blofeld, <laughs> how could you be anything but a bad guy? <laughs> if that was your name. Stavros Blofeld. I mean, that's a pretty good name though, man. Like for a bad guy, that's a pretty dope ass name. Stavros Blofeld. What this bond movie does. The other ones never did was that all the other ones have a beginning Right, like you, you, you find out who James is in that story, right? But there's never an end. So, like when when Sean Connery was done playing James Bond, somebody else just played James Bond and picked up the story. Right? Oh, okay. There's not there's not an end to the character. You know what I'm saying? Like the character just goes on, and then somebody else plays him in a different story, right? With this James Bond, with Daniel Craig, there was a beginning, right? You found out who he was before he was... You found out at the beginning of Casino Royale, you basically find out his double O status. Double O means he's killed two people, right, for the government. The government has assigned him to kill two people, and he's killed two people, and now he's a double O, right? So you get the beginning of who he is as James Bond, right, from the beginning, right? Then the four-episode arc, okay ending in Spectre, which was the last one, okay, where you find out that Stavros Blofeld is behind all of this shit and he's actually James's, not half-brother, but, like, they were raised together and, they, you know, the whole, like, the whole thing, right? Didn't they just do that in Fast and Furious? I don't, I don't have no idea. I didn't watch Fast and Furious. What, the last one, the Fast and Furious 9 movie? I didn't watch that. Anyways, I don't want to get distracted by Fast and Furious. I I just don't want to get distracted by Fast and Furious because John Cena. Anyways. um, (laughs) So with this one. They're going to play him out. They're right. And so. Swan song. The movie picks up where pretty much the last one left off. Okay. Okay. And right from the get go. You get the James Bond action, right? So the first scene, super awesome the way that it was shot. Entirely creepy. Loved it. Sets up the next scene, which sets up the next scene. And then by the time you're in the fourth scene of like the first 15 minutes of the movie, Bond is being Bond. Like he's back at it. Like the music is dun, 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 dun. Like it's playing. Like he's in the action like that. Right. And it doesn't stop. And it's really great. What I loved about it was it hit all the tropes. We, 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 you, especially with you, you have this, you know, you always talk about tropes, right? Like these tropes of like what these movies are supposed to do. Well, with the Bond movie, they did that, right? Like they hit all the tropes that they're supposed to hit. They paid all the homage to, I mean, even, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but even the way that like the villain characters at the factory were dressed was like, oh, that looks like something that would have been in the 1960s when, you know, the James Bond movies first came out, right? It really did a phenomenal job of taking the story of this retired 
MI6 agent and bringing him back into the fold and giving you all of these classic Bond things. Right. And then sealing it off with like Bond makes like he's unflinching. He's an unflinching character even at the very end. And you 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 love it, right? Like because as an audience member, you've never seen it before in a Bond movie. So you love the fact that at the very end, like he is still James Bond, right? Like he does what James Bond would fucking do. Like that's that's like he doesn't move. Like he knows that it's going to happen. He knows that it's going to be bad and he doesn't fucking move and he does what he has to do. The fucking way the movie was shot was absolutely beautiful. The style of the movie, dude, they have the first, within that first 15 minutes of the first opening scene, they have a fucking car chase scene, okay, with him in the Aston Martin, the classic Aston Martin. Dude, it is so fucking cool the way that they shot this movie and the way that they like paid tribute to the james bond movies but making this truly stand out as a bond film like it it it, it it's it's and, and at the end of it they tell you you know james bond's gonna be back right and i'm sure that they're gonna reboot the whole franchise and they're gonna do the whole thing right but it is it is truly like just because Marvel's been doing that for the past twenty movies, so and so's gonna be back. Do well, I gotta well, see that at the end of well, every movie now? James Bond has always done that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. James Bond's always done that. I take but it back. With, with this one, it was more. It, we, spoiler: the character dies. <gasps> Gasp! Right, but they've never done that before. They've never done that before in a James Bond movie. So that's why you really get like a, a beginning, middle, and an end to the character. And like the way that they, that like after Spectre, to bring the character back, like you would have to do something really, really believable to bring this guy back into the fold after he right. took down the biggest criminal empire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the way that they do it, and bro, Remy Malik. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, he, I, I, he, I saw I saw him in the Charlie. He looks he pretty. Hits, he looks he pretty hits badass. All, he hits all the notes. He hits all the notes of like classic James Bond villain. Like I mean, just like just murders it. Like from the way that he like the style that he chose to talk in, right? Like with his accent, where like you don't really know where his accent's from. You don't know, but it's creepy. And he's creepy, and he sounds creepy, and he's fucking. His dialogue is diabolical. It was, it was such a fucking good movie, man. Like a, re, I, honestly, I was really impressed with how good this movie was, and what it was able to do with like. Again, the action. Oh, dude, they have this scene in Cuba. With this. Cuba. Yeah, bro, they have this girl that they brought in to play, like, a character that was, like... And this was very, like, an homage to almost, like, the uh, Roger Moore James Bonds, right? Where it was a little campy and a little over the top. 
but still in that James Bond genre and just nailed it out the park. And this girl was, I mean, killed it. I don't know who she is. I've never seen her in anything before. This 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 girl is going to be a star. Like whoever she is, that girl is going to be a star. It was awesome, awesome. And I, I just I think uh, I think uh, uh, it's probably going to go down in my top five favorite James Bond films of all time. I'm going to see it one more time just to. But it, it really was. It, it's up there with Skyfall. It's up there with Skyfall. I didn't see Spectre, but I saw Skyfall and enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, Skyfall was, I to me, I think Skyfall may have been the best James Bond of all time, the best James Bond movie of all time. Mm. And I think that it's definitely my favorite James Bond villain of all time. You know, my favorite thing about the, what's this James, James Bond called? Who? The new one? Uh, No Time to Die. No Time to Die. Billy? He caught me. I caught you. Damn, I was freaking setting myself up. I caught you. And you just... uh, I caught you. Yeah. Oh, it was nice, too, at the beginning. She's got a beautiful voice, man. Oh, yeah. She's got a beautiful voice. She killed it. She killed it. And that was another thing. Like, I was thinking about that. I was like, in my lifetime, who are the big, like... Because, you know, to sing a James Bond movie, it's like a big deal. You know? Yeah. Um, And I remember Madonna did one. Uh, I think she did the one that uh, Halle Berry was in. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, I'm not sure. Did not Adele no. do Skyfall? Uh, yeah, uh, Adele did Skyfall. Chris Cornell did Quantum of Sil- Quantum of Solace. Um, didn't Lady Gaga have one? I have no idea. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing to do. It's a big thing to do the the James Bond uh, opening. Billie Eilish is. One of the biggest stars of our time. Yeah. For real. Okay. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. Okay. I mean, I'm, I am I trust you. I don't need to look it up. I trust you. But this this James Bond movie absolutely killed it. Um, I, I, was, I was super happy with the result of the movie. And... How they didn't cheese the character out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't... Like, they paid homage to the movies. And they paid homage to James Bond. And homage to Daniel Craig as James Bond? Is what I, you're saying? I, I, like, dude, he was unflinching. Like, he, there were, there were scenes... Like, there are scenes in the movie where, like... Where, like... There's a scene in the stairwell, right? Where, like... He's taking on, like, I don't know, eight guys kind of coming at him at different points, shooting. Sounds like a regular Wednesday night for me. It it feels so visceral. Like, you're like, holy shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was really, like, it was believable, but it still had enough of that fantasy behind it. You know what I'm saying? We're like, eh, you know, like. I, I can tell this movie had a, a big impact on you. I loved it. Just by the the uh, the way you're describing it, like it's making you use unflinching, visceral. Like that that's not something you just throw no, around it, for just, any old thing you watch. There's like there's there's a scene so there's like a there's a scene that's taking place in like a forest in Norway. 
right? Okay. And there's and he's being hunted, right? And so he 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 basically shoots down a car, right? With what? Oh, uh, so he's got like a little like uh not a little, but he's got like a fucking uh a machine gun looking thing that shoots like RPG kind of like mini grenades out of it. He blows up a car, right? But that car has um what do you call those like uh like those ropes a, a cable a cable right and so like all this gunfire is going off right and he like takes the cable and like like sets it up where he knows that like I'm going to set this guy up coming here and then I'm going to set this guy up coming here and they're not going to be able to see the cable and like the gunfire is happening and he's just like unflinching bro like I'm James Bond like this is a fucking Tuesday night for you know like and it's it's you believe it. Like, if you've watched this guy from the beginning of Casino Royale. But that's like, because James Bond will have complete confidence in what he's doing. Right. Right. Like, it's unflinching. Like, it's unflinching confidence, right? Like, you know, I've already been through enough fucking missions to know exactly what I need to do to not fucking panic. I mean, he nails it, man. He nails it. And the movie was shot beautifully. That was another thing. Like, uh, one of the big things about the James Bond movies is is the style of the movie, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of style that goes into James Bond. Like, from the way that he's dressed, from the way that the women are dressed, from, I mean, just every That's like, shot. When I think of James Bond, like, the first thing that comes to mind is the impression it's left on me. Whenever I've seen James Bond depicted, it, the style is remarkable, and easily identifiable to James Bond. You know exactly who he is just by what he's wearing. You know what I'm saying? Not even what he's wearing. Like it's like you're saying the way it's shot, right? The well, music, and that's another thing. The aesthetics, right? everything. So you see these grand, beautiful shots, right? Of like these coastal European coastal places, like Greece or Italy or wherever they're at that they're right. filming. And, and you're like, this is, you know, the, especially that first scene in the movie, it takes place at the Acropolis, which is in Greece, right? And it is, dude, it is. So here's one of the things that I will say. The Bond movies, the recent Bond movies, okay? Yeah. Have taken a cue. They took their cue from the Bourne Identity movies, right? Like. The Bourne Identity movies kind of changed the game as how, like, spy action thrillers you were saying shot. You're saying it, like, redefined the genre? Yeah, it did. It really did. And the way that the action and the pace and, like, the intelligence of the audience and, like, how you have to handle that. Like, it, you can't just do, like, dumb, stupid, like, oh, there's a bad guy. You know, like, it, you can't. Like, like a spy movie is distinct uh, from the basic action movie because a spy movie would be action and thriller pretty right. much. Correct. There's it's, it's, it's actually two genres intertwined right. with one another. Right. And so what the Bourne movies did was they gave you a, a lot of the thriller, right. With impeccable action. Right. Mm. Like when, when Matt Damon goes off, he fucking goes off. And when he gets behind the wheel of a car and he drives the fuck, and so the the new Bond movies took from that, okay, and they expanded on that. And that's I, I really believe that they did like 
especially with with a Daniel Craig James Bond, they 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 took it to a whole new category. Even in Casino Royale, when they do the whole fight scene at the top of the uh, crane, I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, this I do. whole the, this whole fight scene like they took they they took this action right. It's not campy action anymore. It's not just like oh I'm gonna shoot this guy. No, it's like real hand to hand like top secret mission impossible type shit mixed with James Bond. Right. Daniel Craig killed it with that and they made it super realistic, right? Not like some of the Mission Impossible stuff. They're really good movies, but they're like, dude, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like sometimes nobody when, nobody can hold their breath for 10 minutes underwater. You yeah, know like, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's kind of like the the recent barrage of uh Fast and Furious movies. It's like when you keep trying to raise the bar, it you know, you go past a certain point. It's almost more we're making these movies about the stunts that we're doing more than like the realistic aspect of like, would you even do that? Like, why would you, yeah. why would you do that? Like, that sounds crazy. Like, that's stupid. Now, the Mission Impossible movies that works for because it's literally called Mission Impossible. So that's different. But with the Bond, with this Bond movie, the way that they did it was like, the action was over the top, but it was believable. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to still suspend reality, right? Like, there's no way that one guy, it's like the John Wick movies. There's just no way that one guy can kill 197 people. There's just, that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like in this James Bond world, like this level of action is not out of place. It's in the not setting. out of place. And it, and the way that they shoot it isn't unrealistic. You know how sometimes you're looking at action movies and you're like, that's that's unreal. Like, no, like that wouldn't happen. Like they shot it in a way where you're like, if all if everything fell into place that way, then yes, it could happen that way. But like it's not But it's, like is really is everything really gonna fall into place for you ten times in a row? But if you're James Bond, it does. So, you know. But it was again. It was it was what I really loved about it was that they weren't afraid at the very end of the film, and I, that's what I was thinking about. Like the last thirty minutes of the movie, it was like, is James Bond gonna survive this? It's like, are am I gonna get am I gonna get the James Bond survive? And they weren't afraid to be like, nope, actually James Bond doesn't survive this one. Like this is one where. He has to lay down his life. And now there's a whole big other thing that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to give too much away, okay, that happens in the movie for the reason why he does what he does. But mm. it is... Mysterious. Yeah, it, 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 it was very well done. It was very, very well done. And I, and now, now, of course, the interesting topic is who's the next James Bond? Well, before we do that, uh, good sir, can you rate... Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die, out of 10? 9.4. Oh, 9.4. That is yeah. high as fuck. Yeah, it was It was really good, man. It was a really... And, and again, it, was, it wasn't just James Bond. It was everything else in that world that took place that made right. it super, super, super believable for me. Um, and... Again, I like the fact that they didn't fucking chicken out. 
Like they didn't chicken out and give you the happy ending. Like I, I like one. I don't get the happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Like I like the believable ending. Like, oh shit. This like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna cheese it out. Like the good guy isn't gonna just win this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If I want a happy ending, I'll go to the massage parlor. That's what I'm saying, dude. Uh, wait, that's not. <laughs> wait, what? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Edit that. Edit that. I could go to the movie theater for a happy ending too. Anywhere, anytime. Oh yeah. What are we at? Hour thirty. I that's what I thought. Uh, we'll probably keep it on a two today. I think so too. I was I was thinking I was thinking of a a master plan because ain't nothing but hot shit inside my head. Word. I was thinking of a <laughs> <laughs> word. I I was thinking of a going under two for the foreseeable future. Not I'm not gonna keep putting a, out two hours and forty five minutes for fucking ten people to watch it. Uh, listen, uh, what I will say is while I was watching the Bond movie, it got me thinking in the back of my mind about he takes a sip how how much the Bond franchise has actually like if you think about the fact that we're talking about over I think it's 25 plus films at this point right I don't think there's any higher character that has continued we're talking about a character that has has literally been on the screen since since my stepfather was a teenager you know and this is a 70 year old man you know, uh, this, uh, this is this is a character that like endures that like, you know. I, I mean, at this point, he's a he's, uh, he's timeless. You know, like and how uh, how many other characters has he has he inspired? Right? How many? Yeah. Uh, like you know, how many rip? Uh, like I'm not saying that it's a rip off, but like Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you leave Mr. Bean alone. All right, I love. No, I'm, I'm saying I love the Mr. <laughs> Johnny English. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, that guy is classic, yeah. bro. Those Mr. Beans when I was a kid, I, I I was a kid. I was I was like in my teenage years when I started watching Mr. Bean. They were fucking hilarious. In man. mute. You ever watch a movie called Rat Race? No. He's in that movie, and he it's a race. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's awesome. You would love that movie. You got to watch it. It's called Rat Race. Uh, speaking of action movies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone posted some pictures. Of Expendables 4? set from the new Expendables. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, 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 I don't know if he's filming. I know there's a, whatever his name is, Jason Statham's character, Johnny Christmas. Uh-huh. I think his first name is Johnny. Spinoff? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's that movie and there's a new Expendables coming, right? 
I know, or, or is I, he just working on the Christmas story? I know that they're working on the Expendables Four story. Lee Christmas, I think that's his name. I, I I know they're working on the Expendables Four story, and that there was supposed to be a spinoff with Jason Statement. And Expendable movies make me so happy. I, you know, <laughs> I love them. I love the first one because it's it was so unexpected. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all these 90s and 80s action stars essentially mm. coming together to make this ridiculous action movie. It doesn't even does, that, make it, does, sense. it doesn't matter if it doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's like, yo, you got these all these people together. Like, they're going to do what the fuck they do. And all so of them are going to do it to the max. There's a review that just sums it up, all of it. I'm, I think I'm pretty sure it was the first one. They called it a mangasm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so totally accurate. Well, you know, I gotta be honest. You know what also was a mangasm? What? The Rambo Four. Yeah. That was a mangasm. I don't think that that's the new one, right? No, that's Rambo Five. Rambo Four was the one. Where he goes into Myanmar or Burma, whatever you want to call it, and tries to rescue the American, uh, um, uh, uh, what are they called? Missionaries, right? And he ends up killing a entire platoon, <laughs> or I don't know, maybe more than a platoon of Myanmar soldiers old school style you know uh just straight i mean it that's a mangasm like he gets behind a 50 cal at one point and just like mows down like 200 people <laughs> it's ridiculous but that's what rambo does man that's what rambo does he's he's like the 80s version of john wick i am a fucking advocate to see live action bad batch with Sylvester Stallone as Hunter. Never happened. You think about it. It'll never happen. He's the right age. No, he's not. He's too old. Sylvester Stallone's in his 70s, bro. I think he's the right age. No. You don't know how they could age. They're, no. They're, they're, no. Uh, they're experimented on. They could be aging a little bit no. uh, quick, quicker than the other clones. I mean, maybe. No, I mean, look look, <laughs> at, look how old the other clones are. I, I w- I'm going to be honest with you. We're never going to see that. We're never gonna see that. He's, he's in the age old. of in the age of cinematic wonders we're living in, never say never. Uh, you're right. Kevin Fahey might, you know, you know Kevin Fahey's doing a Star Wars thing. He's getting into the action. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but he, I know he's getting into the action. Uh, speaking of that, I I watched all of What If the last two episodes. The last one was pretty good. Yeah, I'll say uh, for whatever reason, when they started it, it didn't cross my mind that they were going to bring them all together. At, I like it. Did like, you, you see, you, uh, so now that Scarlett Johansson settled her thing with Disney, you see how they could bring her back? Yeah. It's pretty interesting, right? I like, I like the way that they did that. I mean, I, I said the same thing about Black Panther. 
I. But but look, but the world he but the world he put her in on wasn't the main MCU. It was the one from right, uh, right, 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 from the first season. Uh, no, not not the not the first episode. It was the one where Hank Pym kills all kills all the Avengers. Remember? Yes. That 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 was the that was the word he put her in, right? right? But you could see where yeah where they could do that. They couldn't do it with Black Panther, not with that storyline, because that storyline no, doesn't kills that that storyline kills. Like Tony Stark is not like, but you you don't know where I'm. I'm I I'm, think I'm it's just, easier I'm to just do. saying. I'm just saying. Right now, it's all a line in the sand, right? Right. Well, right now, it, everything, is, especially is, with how they did that, the Guardians of the Multiverse. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like what they did with Strange. Yeah, and I that, like how powerful they made him. Yeah, powerful is. I, I mean, he's Watcher level powerful, which yeah. is about what he's supposed to be, right? Right. So. I, I dug that. I was like, oh, okay. Supreme Supreme. Uh, How about Supreme Watcher? I mean, isn't that what he's doing, essentially? I don't know what he's doing. I, don't, he could, I mean, he's... Who, who, he's know, who knows what else he's up to? That's what uh, I'm saying. I mean, I think I think the Watcher asked him. That, that was... Uh, oh, also, you know, I've, I've been kind of complaining about the animation on and off. The the beginning sequence um, to the Ultron storyline with uh, Hawkeye uh-huh. and Black Widow, yeah. those fight scenes were really fucking good. Yeah, they were. Hand to hand where he's taking out the uh, Ultron bots. Yeah. And then, yeah, th- those first two episodes, the last two episodes were definitely uh, the highlight for me. Yeah. I, because, I, I... Cause, you know, like, like throughout the, throughout the, what if my interest kind of uh, wax and wane on and off? But this. Uh, what was cool was that they brought it all together, which yeah. is what I wasn't expecting. Right. I wasn't expecting. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It never even crossed my mind that uh, right. this is what they could be going towards. Right. Uh, that's that's the, the cool thing. It's like, oh, okay. So we gave you Captain Marvel. Even. We gave you Star-Lord, right? As, right? Like, we. Uh, the So. Even the zombies episode, when he dumped the zombies on Ultron. <laughs> So you know that uh, the Gamora episode, the Gamora and Tony Stark episode that you see, right? Just a quick glimpse it, of it was actually an episode that they wanted to do oh, for the oh, series. That's right. That, that that was the one that they were gonna do that, but then the studio they, they the, were like, "Yo, that's already no, the plot what, of the movie." Well, what happened was the the studio that was doing that, the people that were doing the animation for that, actually all got COVID. So they had oh, to, they had to shut that. They're right. So they they're actually taking that storyline and doing it for season two. Oh, so we didn't get that. Like we didn't get the Gamora, which we should have. Or like, because all of a sudden she's just all of a sudden she's a guardian. Like she hasn't had any stories up until that point. Like she's, yeah, that was that was the one person they grabbed that there was an episode of. You're right. I, that I, wasn't I, like I a main focus yeah. of an episode. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Thor. Captain, oh, what is she? Captain Britain, Captain Carter, Captain Carter. Yo, okay. so that Thor episode was uh, a little bit too whimsical for my I taste. Loved it. I loved it. But uh, Thor, as part of the Guardians of the Multiverse, 
with uh with his battle cries. Viva Las Vegas! Ultron's like, <laughs> I've never heard, heard that, that one before. before. <laughs> every time, every time Thor's swinging the hammer, he's like, Vegas! <laughs> so good, man. I, I really, I, I, there were, again, there was, like, I didn't like the Hank Pym one. I thought that was, like, okay. Um, I, you know, there was, there was a couple of episodes that I really just thought were all right. But there were some episodes that really knocked it out the park. I have to tell you, though, that the fight scene between the Watcher and Ultron was, as far as, like, animation, like, that made me feel like I was actually seeing the oh, you print know, you of know, a comic book. You know like, what? It was awesome. It was you know so what? good. The, the animation was perfectly suited for that fight, now that you reminded me. And it, that was a fucking fight of literally epic proportions. Yeah, yeah it was so good, man. It and was so good. So the guy that plays the Watcher. Punching him through the multiverse, through the planets, the right. whole. Bam, 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 bam. Like they're just hopping through multiverse after multiverse as they're having this fight scene. It was super dope. So the guy that plays the Watcher, Jeffrey Wright, is actually in the James Bond movies uh, as uh, uh, Lighter, Felix Lighter. And uh, he has a great character arc. From the beginning of the James Bond movies to this one, because him and Bond create, he's an American CIA agent, right? The guy that plays the Watcher, his name uh, Jeffrey Wright, in the Bond movies, he plays Felix Leiter. He plays an American CIA agent who has like a really close relationship with Bond. Like they're actually like in this crazy world of espionage, they're actually like friends, right? Um, and his story arc in this one, oh, I in this last, and this last Bond movie, um. Uh, like they close that off and it, it's really awesome the way they did that as well. Um, just, you know, again, just to go back, the bond was so fucking good. Yo, the one thing about what if though, and this is after uh, everybody, myself included, uh, got so fucking pissed at Star-Lord for uh, fucking up their plan on Titan. Oh, yeah. When he got when he got in his feelings about Gamora, when so they could dumb right, it was so dumb. That was a a weak. I thought it uh, was lazy plot, plot decision. So he's already got a bad rap, and then what if just goes and and shits on Peter Quill so much? Oh. It's probably unintentional, but it's like T'Challa. <laughs> Is a thousand times better Star Lord than, than Peter Quill, and then just to rub his face in the shit. Very last episode, when we see where Ego is, he's uh, you know, he's gone to Earth, right? Because he's um, killing Peter, right? Because uh, Yandu didn't bring him Peter because he picked up T'Challa, right? And. <laughs> He's fucking uh, doing the fucking uh, energy conjoined shit with Peter. Peter's working at fucking Dairy Queen. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to T'Challa when he's not Star-Lord, it's Black Panther, King of Wakanda. It's not the same. Where's Peter Quill? He's working at the fucking Dairy Queen. That's it. And it's kind of fucking pathetic. Uh, but it's good, man. It's good. Uh, you know, 
I heard so Mar- from what I from what I understand it was uh Marvel loved the Star-Lord character uh with T'Challa so much that they were planning on making a spin-off of that character and for like animated purposes but obviously that never happened now clearly Marvel could just be saying that you know uh but I could see it because that character really did like throughout the show and it just he just kept popping up right like it was just like every time you thought it was gonna be his last he's performance so charismatic <laughs> he just like, steals the scene whenever he's in it it's it it's it, it, it was phenomenal work man it was phenomenal work by by chad chadwick bosom and it's you know yeah. like when when he stole the soul stone from ultra never doubt sticky fingers <laughs> he steals the scene every time he's in it he was so good man so good and the way that he cousin you know where the way he says that right is don't go down this path right like you're like you buy it right like you buy the feeling behind like every line that he says he's such a, he was such a phenomenal actor man he's gonna be so missed so i I'm, I'm i'm still extremely curious to see how they're going to make black panther 2 like where they're gonna go with that story now you know yeah. but again i mean i just well, we've said it before on this show and i at this point everybody knows it marvel can do whatever the fuck marvel wants at this point you know i mean they're they're killing it do you did you hear do you know why so you know disney settled that lawsuit with scarlett johansson yeah she she got 40 m's yeah do you know why porque shang chi shang chi did so well at the box office that what she was saying that she would have gotten had the movie oh, oh, okay. had they had they just released the movie that that's what she would have gotten, and so they were like, ah, all right. And plus, they they also have other stuff that they're doing, like Disney as a whole as a company outside of Marvel is doing with her as an actress. Yeah, like so, I'm sure it was the right decision for them. <coughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, that, mil, I'm sure there was a strategic move on her team's part to to get it the press Fuck yeah. like that but uh it wasn't a fucking morality issue like she was getting paid uh big stacks either way but here's the thing like she was, i can honestly say that this is one of those cases where like she legit deserved it you know what i'm saying like she's she's been part of the franchise now essentially since the second marvel or really iron yeah, yeah, man yeah. too right so it was like the third marvel movie right because it was iron man hulk yeah yeah she's been uh deeply embedded since the uh, I, I, since I, I, the beginning she's she's earned the right to make some paper off of this character that like you know she's brought to life and people fucking love no, now me personally i didn't think that the fucking black widow movie was all that great but i didn't think it was horrible either no yeah but, but i'm saying i'm saying like just just going off like on Twitter, like you know, it's it it's like a a big. It was it was like a, you know, a whole like sticking it to the man, sticking it to the multi billion company thing. You like 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 it it was a, oh, it was it was made to be more of a like a moral issue than it was like she shit. They had they had a contract. She felt it was violated, and like that's what that's what it was. That's what these rich motherfuckers do. You know, they 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 sue each other and and, and everything got settled. Like there was no uh. 
By the way, everything got set. She sued them. Everything got settled, and they're still working together. Yeah, it does good. good. <laughs> you know what I'm Great saying? Great for like, everybody. Right, everybody. Great for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. You know, and I'm listen. You know what I know? Um, Disney didn't lose out. You know what I know? Disney didn't lose a single dime in that forty yeah. million dollars. Look, not one. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for her. Couldn't care less. Right. Give me more. <laughs> give me more i just want more of that story you know what's next for them what's the what's the ant-man eternals ah uh, eternals next that's month. right yeah next yeah, month next november month. or something well see i don't i think that's gonna be you know what i'm really looking forward to bro what i'm really like i saw the preview today and i'm super super excited for the ghostbusters movie afterlife like it has the feel, like it it really makes me feel like it's a Ghostbusters movie. Like this, like it's part of the original first two movies, not like a remake, not like a a, a retell. Like it feels like it's 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 in that same. Like I saw like the 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 preview today on the big screen. The way like the movie looks looks right. like. The movies from I think the, from the eighties. I think I think I saw the trailer when we saw Let There Be Carnage, right? I think they had the trailer then. I don't think so. Did they? Yeah. I I remember seeing the trailer. Oh okay. Oh, uh, it, no, it, I mean it's like you were saying about uh, James Bond, like uh, staying true, uh, like having an authentic feel. Yeah, staying true to an iconic style isn't important. When super important when you're man. dealing with a franchise with multiple multiple movies and and beloved right like yeah there, there's this is like a the reason the style of these movies is almost as important as to the characters of the movie themselves right. right you know so those characters may not be in the movie but the way that the movie is shot is still very true to what the first two movies were about. And I really feel like this 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 Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to represent that. And I'm actually really, really excited to see what that movie looks like. Um, you know, and it, it's got Paul Rudd in it, man. And that guy is like, I mean, he's awesome. I love him in just about everything that he's in. He fucking cracks me up. And he's like Keanu Reeves. He like never ages. Like he looks exactly the same as he did when he made Clueless. 24 years ago. So on that note. Uh, just to wrap things up here. So I'm done with Blacklist until season <laughs> nine comes out. Oh, and check out Dope Lemon. Well, first check out Blacklist. But check out Dope Lemon. That that's the the music you just put me on. Uh -huh. It's cool. It's a uh, hey you. <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm gonna throw out there. It's a uh, got a real ambiance. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, different. Hey man, can man, I tell you uh, something? Tell me something. I fucking love you, bro. Love you, dog. This is great. I love doing this with you, man. Love Every it. week, I love doing this with you. <laughs> I love it, dog. I love you, man. Love you. Love you more. Hey, we love you guys. Our shookums. Hit them. Oh, uh, no. 
I went like this, and you didn't hit him. So I thought you were going to hit him with something. But okay. From shrooms to Skyrim. I'll hit him with that. Uh, Real quick before we go out, uh, I just want to do a quick review of something I watched a few weeks ago. What was or it? Or it leaves my mind uh, completely. And, uh, you know, Tom Hardy, who's in uh, Venom, obviously. So I watched uh, Taboo. 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 Is that how you say it? Taboo. Taboo. With Tom Hardy. Yeah. It's one of those shows uh, kind of similar uh, to Green Knight in the aspect that, like, I don't really know. What the fuck you watched? Like, why the <laughs> fuck he's really doing anything? But that character, like, like Tom Hardy, he just fucking draws you in. It's just super fucking immersive. He's, it's like. If this shit isn't like the 1800s or something. See, I, I already yeah, kind of yeah, forgot yeah. this was a few weeks ago. Yeah. But just like, you know, he's uh, you that, can't, he, you he, can't he, help but watch it. Like, he's back in England and he's like super crude. Like, he, he, uh, like, he's just, he's just returned from, uh, from like Africa and he's done all these things. Like, there's all these rumors about him. But he's just a fucking badass. So people are fucking scared of him. So you got some fucking musket and stabbing action. <laughs> That's good. And I like musket and stabbing action. So yeah, it's just one season, I think. Yeah, that's it. And uh it's just a good watch. Uh on FX, right? I watched it on Hulu. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, it's on FX. FX. Yeah, FX. It's uh it's immersive. You know I like when things are immersive. Yeah. I gotta watch it. Yeah, I couldn't and it doesn't even when it ends. It doesn't, cause he has, he has a goal he's working to. I can't even remember his character na- name now. Tom Hardy, he has a goal he's working towards, and you like, there's this piece of land his father owned. Uh, owns well, his father passes at the very beginning. Right. That's on the. Oh, so this would be in the 1600s. Yeah, owns like on the. It's like on the border of a lake between like. Canada and the United States of America, mm-hmm. which is still, they're still like drawing the lines, lines for the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is in like the 1600s. So there's this small piece of land that's like, it'll be pivotal for uh, trade routes. So it's based around that. There's some shit between his mother and his sister that kind of, uh, you know, like some, some of his motivations are revealed mm-hmm. and all, all of them. There's still a whole lot of backstory yet to be revealed. I guess they got more seasons coming out. Do you think they're going to come out with more seasons? I have no idea. Okay. But it's a good watch. I'd, okay. I, I'd recommend it. Uh, so I just you finished. know he's he's one of the one of the guys that they're talking about to replace Daniel Craig as James Bond. Is Tom Hardy? Yeah, I think I heard that. I mean, I I well, also I also heard that they were going to replace Wolverine with him, but that's clearly not going to happen now. Oh well, yeah, you know Hugh Jackman. Look, you know. my only thing like like Hugh Jackman. Obviously, he was good. Here's the thing though, and this was uh, for the opposite reason. My big problem with uh, the Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. Oh come on, man! Okay, hey, all right. He doesn't look like him. No, no, no. Jack Reacher from the Lee Child books. It's it's part of his character. Yes, is part of the reason. Yes. 
he does what he does, and part of the reason people react to him the way he do, that he's like a fucking six six scarred up motherfucker. Like he's like two. He's he's two hundred and fifty pounds. He's six foot five, and he looks all of that like country fed. Even though as he's, like as much of an actor as Tom Cruise is, and capable of doing his own stunts. He's not Jack Reacher. Yeah, he's like half a foot short of being Jack Reacher. So with all the fucking camera shots and leather jackets they yeah, got. Yeah, but him. you can't compare you can't compare that to Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You can't. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm no, I'm saying I'm I'm saying it's the same problem in reverse. As so as as good a job as Tom Cruise can do a portrayal of that character. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall short, no pun intended, because that's part of the character, even more so or just as much as any mannerism or background of that character, right? Right. Wolverine is, from the comic books, he's a, he's a fucking runt. That's why everyone calls him. It's five foot five right. at best. Hugh, Hugh Jackman <laughs> is like my height. See, he's about six foot one. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. Part of part of part but of Wolverine. You don't, but you don't get that. You don't get that with that story. Like, we'll, they never make Hugh Jackman's height seem like it's it's a it's a hindrance to the character. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, they, but they, I feel like it's still part of the character. I, I I I. Here's the thing, man. He fucking killed it from the beginning. I, I'm not saying. I'm not he saying. Killed, right. So like, I'm, I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm just saying he's not returning to the role. Get a, get a fucking get a fucking <laughs> short stack guy to be Wolverine, oh, okay? I, I've also heard that they're talking about Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, as as Wolverine. Get, which, get, get fucking... Uh, here's the thing. You got, you got to get my fucking Mike Rio, okay? Uh, the UFC uh, fighter, the Wolverine, no, to be you know, Wolverine. Fucking uh, uh, the dude from Letter Kenny. <laughs> it's Wolverine. I don't know. Seven watched Letter Kenny. Oh, it's pretty funny. You should watch that show. Uh, that that like, look, man. Here's the thing: whoever picks up that role next, I feel bad for that guy. Oh, whoever pay, whoever plays Wolverine next, I feel bad for that guy, cause the shoes that you're it's it's not even like it's not even like stepping no, it, into it, Batman. It's not even like stepping into Batman after the first two Batman movies, because there was only two. It's gonna yeah. be like <laughs> stepping into Blade after Wesley Snipes. No. Stepping into no, no it's uh, not. It's gonna be like stepping in. It's it's gonna be like stepping into James Bond. It really is. Like it's gonna the, be like stepping into uh, Tony Stark after Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. RDJ. Yeah. Yes. It's it's gonna be like anytime there's already a a person. That's um, but attached. not but not so. I mean, okay, Robert Downey Jr. would be a good one, but I'm like, outside, like I'm not. I'm not saying exactly. I'm just saying in terms of when there's already a person that everyone as that established character. as that role. Yeah, you know, you got to come and be on your A game, and you got to bring something new, and you got to make it your own to establish, reestablish that character, establish. You know, yeah. No, I, listen. I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see who they cast, and I'm interested to see how they play that whole thing out. You know, uh, I, I, I want to know how they're going to introduce X Men. Like I, I like, and I, and I don't, I don't want X Men to be Phase Six. 
Because phase six is like 20 years from now. I want X-Men to be like, by the end of phase four, like X-Men should already start being a part of the franchise. There's there's so many different ways to do it. I'm sure Kevin Feige is, uh, you know, working towards working uh towards an impeccable storyline for, so, for for something so major so i was watching um the 50 years of uh disney at orlando mm-hmm. they did a special right and uh they uh they brought kevin fahey in to talk about his so his family like brought him to uh orlando in 89 when uh, mgm grand first opened up which is Hollywood Studios now. Okay. And uh, he was talking about he went with the first ride that he went on was uh, the great movie ride at MGM Grand. And he was like, I went on this ride and it was the first time. He was like, I was 16 years old. And he was like, I went on this ride. And he was like, I saw, I was able able to go on this ride and see that like how movies were made and realize this is like a thing that like I can do as a living. And he's like, and it's amazing to see that like this, inspiration happened to me when i was 16 at disney and 20 plus years later you know he's literally one of the major executives at disney you know (laughs) running it um and i thought it was really cool the way that like that's cool all of that was intertwined i was gonna say something i was literally about to say something but then you said intertwined, and for whatever reason, I got fixated on that word, and then I totally forgot, forgot what you were going to say. I think what you were going to say was, "Oh, uh, all right." So just to wrap this up, so I'm done with Blacklist. I'm currently uh, finishing up uh, the Netflix original anime Seven Deadly Sins. Okay. I'll talk about it next week. Okay. And. I had already started watching Peaky Blinders, which I'm enjoying. But I'm as soon as I finish Seven Deadly Sins, I'm going to watch Squid Games. So we can talk about that. Have you watched it yet? I started watching the first episode the other night. So since it's the fucking number one show in the world, might as well fucking watch it so we can talk about it. Yeah. We'll get back to everybody. Hey, guys. Episode 19 has been real. From good night to and good luck. With Matthew <laughs> and Hiram. Yeah, I fucking flew by. Another awesome cast, bro. It doesn't even feel like two hours and 20 minutes. Two hours and one minute. Oh. From shrooms to silence.